You're very welcome along to uh, the gardening programme for this Saturday morning and I'm hoping, uh, Porik, you're with us. Good morning to you. Good morning, Deirdre. What a beautiful morning it is out there. Fantastic. Now, we are uh, observing social distance this morning for we the sure programme. Yeah. In light of everything that has been announced, and I know uh, we're not making light of it in any capacity, um, but obviously yesterday's announcement is uh, having a huge impact for everybody. But we will deal with it as best we can, and we're providing as much information uh, for people as we can, and not least of all in terms of the gardening. So I suppose um, from your perspective and from the perspective of gardeners, how is uh, last night's announcement impacting? Well, well, first of all, I suppose the, the, you know, the government have, have brought in lots of, of measures, but they have advocated that people get out into their garden and, and certainly with the weather improving now, you know, being out in your garden and certainly doing some gardening, it, it does so much for the mind, it does so much for the well-being, but it also keeps you physically active as well. So the HSE, their policy is that people should be active in their own garden and um, probably no safer place to be. The impact it has on garden centres throughout mm. the country is that we are closed. Okay. So uh, garden centres have been asked by the government to close, to f- close effectively from this morning and, and we're obeying that in Horkins. We have closed our, our four centres and right across the country, uh, garden centres are closed uh, effectively from this morning. Now, the government have asked us to keep the online part of the business active so listeners can and uh, visit garden centre websites or horkins.ie if you go on there you can certainly still purchase online purchase if you if you need to so things like seeds and bulbs and so on can still be purchased we've had a huge response to that during the week yeah. and so much so you know the delays with dpd couriers is kind of three to four working days so if people order today it's going to be midweek or late late probably thursday of next week before they're going to receive their goods okay. um, so certainly the government have asked the garden centers to close so you see right across the country garden centers are effectively closed for this from this morning or they should be and but the government have asked that the online remains open dpd on post will still be delivering parcels throughout the country and they'll be dropping them outside your back door um, and gardening are one of those areas so the government are very much actively asking people certainly to get out and enjoy the gardens and stay within your garden area because you can cocoon yourself within your garden and be active mm. and get out into the fresh air and there are lots of jobs i have a list of things for people to do <laughs> i'm in sure the you do <laughs> that don't necessitate having to visit your local garden centre. So remember, garden centres are closed, so don't visit them, don't be calling them, they're absolutely closed. Uh, But the online part of the business is certainly open. So if people do need anything, orkins.ie or any of the local garden centres that are online will be able to fulfil. But do bear with us because we have a tsunami of orders in the last number of of uh, days and uh, it's been very very busy that's understandable um and i suppose everyone is probably i think we're all learning a little patience at the moment uh so just in terms of whether it's retail or whatever it is in our lives um so that just comes to pass there and visitors to the garden centre in the last two weeks have been absolutely uh, impeccable in following the two metre rules, the social distancing, mm-hmm. the sanitizer, using the sanitizers. I, I was amazed. I've been on the shop floor for the last kind of five days here in Turlock, and customers are so respectful of the government guidelines. I mean, I haven't met anybody that hasn't been um, following the two metre distance and people coming with gloves on that were coming in with face masks on and very much in good humour 
and and abiding by the rules. And I think you know the the uh, statement by Leo, Leo Varadkar last night that how well Ireland have done, and I've seen that on the shop floor. Mm. Customers have been hugely respectful of one another, of the staff, and um, you know we just want to reach out, even though we're closed, to thank them uh, for that. And um, you know it's. Uh, it's, we're getting through this crisis, I suppose, together. But the message really from the government is keep gardening, keep active, keep outside, um, obey the, the, the two-kilometre rule, don't visit any of your unnecessary shops, uh, certainly garden centres. We are closed, uh, but you can certainly shop okay. online. And the weather has improved. It's, it, the, the good weather is going to last till Tuesday or Wednesday of next week. So perfect conditions for gardening at the moment. Yeah, we've had we've a lovely sunshine coming through. The the blinds here this morning and the last couple of days have been particularly lovely. And I was thinking as well, I suppose, Port, coming in this morning, you know, of all of the activities we can be at, gardening is one of the ones that um, I suppose fulfills so many of our criteria in terms of there's a bit of physical activity, there's a bit of mental wellness about it. Um, at the end of the day, you'll have a very pleasant aesthetic to look at because things will be tidied up or you'll have your grow your own veg or whatever so I think the benefits are reaped on a number of levels in terms of gardening Absolutely mm. and people are getting round to doing jobs that they have put on the long figure for such a long time and the other interesting thing Deirdre we've seen so many people that have never gardened are getting back into growing their own so right over the last two or three weeks the amount of newbies that have actually come in and have been seeking our advice in terms of what to plant and how to plant and going back to the very basics of growing your own has been phenomenal and that's right through the industry talking to my colleagues in other garden centres throughout Ireland and to suppliers the whole grow your own phenomenon is back people are growing potatoes and seeds and veg and and all of that is back in vogue again and they're getting their children involved which is lovely to see as well so if if you know if, if anything good has come out of this people have gone back to the basics and um you know it's it's great really so people are going to be looking forward to the fruits of their labor that they've been doing over the last number of weeks mm. later on in in the early mm. summer and, and during the summer period but there's lots of things that can be yes done. I, was, well, I was going to say what, what prior to last night what was our plan to talk about today well, well, I was going to talk to you about lots of things, grow your own in particular, but I'm very mindful that people won't be able to visit their local garden centre. So the type of jobs, I, I was thinking, well, what am I going to be doing for the mm. next two weeks? And um, I'm going to get stuck back into my garden. So, I mean, it's the simple things. People have been asking about the lawn, getting back onto the lawn trimming. The amount of lawnmowers I heard last night in my neighbourhood, people are back out on the lawns now, getting them trimmed. They are still very, very wet, and if they are wet, my advice is to stay off them for another couple of days, maybe cut it next Monday or Tuesday, right. give the lawn a little bit of time to breathe. But they are drying up nicely, and if you can get out onto your lawn, get it trimmed, if nothing else. If you've got some uh, lawn fertiliser in the shed from, from later on, for earlier this year or last year, get that on now, give it a bit of a feed, and, and start getting the grass back again into, into good conditions. It has had a very rough winter. The pruning of plants as well, Deirdre, this is, it's not too late to prune your plants. So if you want to get out and get a nice bit of physical activity, the prune, pruning of roses should be done now. And even though there's some new, new buds coming on them, get out there and start pruning the back and tidy them up. Pruning our hydrangea plants, of course. All the summer flowering shrubs can be pruned back now. Budlius, mallow, the hydrangeas. So anything that flowers during the summer, roses, they're pruned at this time of year and kind of tidy them up and clean them up. And again, if you've got some rose fertilizer in the shed, 
put a handful of that around the base of them. So you're encouraging growth. And it's this week in particular, I noticed in my own garden that so many plants are coming back into bud. So the Japanese maples are just breaking bud beautifully at the moment. So plants are responding to the warmer temperatures and the longer day length, and they're actively growing now. So this is the time of year where we prune them to stimulate that growth, but also we feed them to encourage that growth as well. Mm. Hedges, if you've got a laurel hedge or a grisolinia hedge or a hedge in your garden, again, a light trimming back, but do check it first that the birds aren't nesting the birds are visiting the hedge, leave it alone. But if you just do a light bit of trimming, you won't disturb any wildlife anyway. So give them a light trimming back now. That's a really good idea. Um, the sowing of seeds, so if you've got seed packets, even if you've got old seed packets in the, in the shed from a couple of years back, they're still perfectly viable. So if you've got old cabbage seed or lettuce seed or whatever, uh, stuck in a cupboard, because generally they tell us 70% of seed is never sown that people purchase. So there's bound to be packets of seeds and bulbs sticking in cupboards. Get those out now and start sowing them. We've got the perfect conditions at the moment and over the next couple of days, not just to, not you can sow them indoors, certainly, mm. but out of doors, lettuce and peas and, and um, cabbage and so on can be sown directly out of doors. Even though we have a little bit of frost at night, they'll be perfectly fine. So the sowing of seed, this is the time of year to start that. We control around the garden. Again, if your garden is like mine, they're beginning to peep. Right. And so effectively going out you can't you you, you get your ten thousand steps in in a couple of hours by doing a little bit of hand weeding or using the garden hoe but this is the time of year you get on top of them now there won't be a problem later on in the summer so forget about the the uh, weed killers get out your garden hoe do a bit of tidying up get rid of the weeds that are currently there at the moment and any tender plants if you've got tomato plants or cucumbers or courgettes or those kind of tender plants or young bedding plants, keep them in for another uh, week or a couple of weeks because, again, we are getting the cold temperatures at night time. So anything that's tender or soft, certainly keep it in the greenhouse or the tunnel or the, uh, on the windowsill. But uh, hardier plants can be certainly put out, so violas or pandies, those sort of plants can be certainly put into the garden so it's soil at this time of year. And the division of plants. So we mentioned last week, dear, the likes of things like um, astilbes or um, rhubarb. If you want to divide plants, particularly herbaceous plants, this is a really good time of year. The conditions are ideal at the moment with the soil drying and with the cooler temperatures at night time. You can physically dig herbaceous plants like hostas out of the ground, split them into four or five pieces and transplant them. So they're the type of activities, those kind of uh, the pruning, the trimming, uh, the feeding of plants, mm. the sowing of seed. If you've got bulbs that you purchased earlier, get those now potted up now and get them started and get the, the, the growth started in them. And certainly all our summer flowering shrubs, you know yourself the questions you and I get mm-hmm. um, at this time of year and even later, when to prune hydrangeas and bodleas and mallows and roses. Now is a perfect, this weekend and over the next five days will be an ideal time to get a, a head start of the garden. Great. Um, so it's those sort of things. If you if you purchase vegetable plants or shallots or sets or garlic or any of those, again, you can start planting those now into the garden soil and get them out. So it's, a, it's very much a time of year for pruning, trimming, tidying, up the garden, weeding, and then the sowing of plants, the sowing of seeds, and the sowing of plants themselves. Okay. Um, so they're the sort of things I would be keeping myself busy with 
over the next five days. Okay, and and if you are in a mind for planting, um, get online and see what's available and have the prep work done in advance so that in maybe uh, four or five or six days' time you'll have uh, whatever it is you're ordering and then exactly. ready, ready to go again for next weekend. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Like the, as I say, the, the garden centre, the online businesses are, are, are there and they are going to be supportive and um, but do have a little bit of patience because they are very, very busy. And this is ju- not just Hawkins, this is right across the country and even in the UK, all the garden centres are closed there but their online is, has gone... Um, has got has got very busy and funnily in the UK as well it's a similar trend it's people going back to the basics going back to growing their own growing a few spuds and growing a few veg and just having a bit of fun in the garden bit of ple- teaching bit of, the bit, kids yeah and a bit <laughs> of pleasure out of all that okay exactly something to look forward to We'll take a break, Porig. Um, you're going to stay with us. We're with. We're here till ten. Um, we were chatting there about different bits and bobs that people could yeah. be at generally, and you did mention about getting bulbs into the ground. And we've got a question yes. here about daffodil bulbs that were left in the shed. Can they sow them now, or should I leave them until autumn? Well, what did I say about seventy <laughs> percent of bulbs and seeds not being sown? And that's that's funny. We always get that question. So daffodil bulbs, they're still perfectly fine to plant as long as they're firm. So squeeze them. If they're nice and far, firm, then definitely get them into the soil. If they've withered and they've got quite dry and kind of sh- shrunken in on themselves, then put them in the bin. So if they're still plump and they still look healthy and there's a bit of weight in them, get them into the garden soil. They'll probably flower in about four or five weeks for you. But every year after that, then they'll come back and they'll regulate themselves to flower earlier in the season. Okay. So yeah, get them into the soil. Get them into, okay, lovely. And in, in advance for next year. Yeah, um, the type of bulbs that we would be planting at this time of year are more like the, you know, the scented lilies, gladioli, the summer flowering bulbs, dahlias, for example. They're, they're traditionally, we, we plant the summer bulbs now, we plant the daffodils in, in kind of October, November, December sort of period to flower in the spring. But look, get them into the soil anyway and let's see what happens. Okay, exactly. Uh, now, uh, questions, I suppose, there's a number of questions about lawns in, I noticed, Porek. So okay. um, just a sample of that would be, uh, could you advise me on how to treat uh, the yellow type patches on my lawn? Okay, well, yellowing in the lawn is, is there's a couple of reasons for that. So, for example, dogs, dogs' urine, uh, particularly female dogs, will actually scorch. So if your dog is going out and and uh, relieving themselves in, in spots in your lawn, you're going to get yellowing. Um, it can also be an indication of pest damage. So sometimes we get leather jacket damage in the lawn. So it depends what, what the reason is. Yellowing is generally a sign of stress or hungry or scorching. Um, so look, at, at this time of year, it's really about mowing the grass. It's about giving it a feed, but feeding it with a slow-release fertilizer. So don't put on agricultural feeds. Put on a proper lawn fertilizer because they are designed to release their nutrition very slowly. So you get a nice greening effect without the lawn physically growing. So maybe check the spots. Um, if, if you don't have a dog, obviously that's not the problem, but it could be leather jackets as well. They're small, uh, grub-like insects that feed on the base of um, grass. Chafter grubs can feed on it as well, and you get these yellow patches in the actual lawn. Um, so a good indication is that birds are visiting those patches and picking at them, or indeed if you cover them with some black polythene, the uh, leather jackets tend to come up at night time up under the polythene. So just check out and see what what could be the reason of the yellowing. But in general, the trimming of lawns, the feeding of lawns, and moss control, that should be happening now over the next five or six days. Okay, great stuff. Now, um, a person's looking for a hedge row to shelter lambs. Good thick cover, um, but not poisonous to sheep, obviously. 
Okay. Well, one of them, one of the, one of those that are poisonous is laurel. So stay away from laurel because laurel can um, certainly, if cattle or sheep eaters, can certainly upset them. So traditionally, what's used in in rural areas is whitethorn, and whitethorn makes a beautiful stock-proof fence or hedge, living wall, as it were. So you get whitethorn at this time of year to plant bayrooted. Uh, well, you may have a difficulty at the moment because garden centres are closed, but ideally something like whitethorn works really, really well because it's thorny. You can trim it really heavily. It makes a fabulous hedge and um, it's brilliant to keep stock, uh, you know, confined. So I think, and it would look well in, the, in a rural environment as well. So laurel or uh, uh, whitethorn for me, or the other one, if you want something evergreen, probably grisolinia would be very safe to use as well and it makes a the sheep would probably feed on it a little bit it won't upset them right uh, but it would give you an evergreen foliage but the, the white thorn works really well simply because of the thorns and uh, the sheep dislike it okay great now i've got two standard marguerites for a gift as a gift last year they were okay. beautiful in bloom at present they're only a ball of twigs will they grow back well, marguerite, so these are the, these are the, the uh, Paris daisies that produce the beautiful white flowers, daisy white flowers, or the common shades of pink and red and lots of yellows, lots of different colours. Beautiful plant of flowers through the summer. They're not frost hardy out of doors. So if you've left them out of doors, say in pots, then I would, I would imagine, particularly if there's no sign of new growth, that they've actually died. If you brought them into a tunnel and kept them quite dry for the winter, you will keep them from one year to another. So it depends where the listener put the plants. If they let them outside, um, certainly it sounds to me like they've passed away. And, uh, and okay. uh, you know, the, the, the winter, um, they've succumbed to the winter weather. So you need to, you need to uh, what I normally do with marguerites is take cuttings off them in August, September, and keep the cuttings over the winter. And you kind of protect the plant that way. You, you start a new generation, as it were. Okay. But it sounds to me like the... Now, maybe leave it another fortnight. Growth is, like I said earlier, is only beginning to start. You could scrape some of the bark just to see if there are any young growth in them. But generally, marguerites have to be protected for the winter and bringing them inside into a, a tunnel greenhouse sort of area or conservatory is really the way to treat them because they dislike the wetness and they dis- dislike the cold of winter left outside. Okay. Now, speaking of wet, the ground, as you mentioned a little bit earlier, is still fairly wet. People wondering about the best time to put zero on the lawn and does the grass need to be cut first? Well, so first of all, you're dead right, the lawns are very wet, but you can still apply the zero. So if your lawn is too wet for mowing, then certainly get the zero on now. Today would be an ideal day to do it. And zero will kill the moss literally overnight. So then you can mow the grass maybe on Monday or Tuesday, um, and that, that, that would be perfectly fine. So if your lawn is quite wet, by all means put on the zero, there's no problem at all. You can put on the Osmo as well, even with the lawn being wet, because the bit of moisture will help to dissolve the granules of Osmo and, and feed the lawn. And then mow the grass, you know, maybe two or three days later. Okay. So yeah, get the zero on. Today is a perfect day for those sort of jobs around the garden. And you'll see it take effect pretty much straight away. Um, and you'll see the results overnight, yeah. When can you grow lilies and dahlias in a pot? Is it too cold yet? Well, it, well, dahlias are frost sensitive. So if you put them out too early, you run the risk of, of frost nipping the, the young growth. And again, the soil is quite wet at the moment. So my advice with dahlias, and, and to be honest, all the summer bulbs, I would start them off indoors in pots and containers. So get yourself a good quality compost, get a pot, literally put them in something to do with the kids as well because within a fortnight you'll see the young growth coming on the the dahlias it also gives you the opportunity of splitting those dahlias in two so very like splitting a potato tuber when we're planting it you can split dahlias once they come into growth 
So you can propagate the plant as it were. So from one tuber, you can end up with two or three new plants. So that's the benefit of, of starting them off indoors. So I would pop them up now into a good quality compost. If you had somewhere like a greenhouse tunnel, even a, even a window sill in your shed, uh, so somewhere bright but frost-free, start them off there on the kitchen windowsill if you want, mm-hmm. and uh, let them start to come into growth. That gives you the option then of dividing the, the dahlias and uh, repotting them so you end up with two or three new plants. And I wouldn't plant dahlias out of doors, certainly until the end of April, because we'd still get frost up until mid to late April. So May is soon enough to kind of get them back into the soil, and they're perfectly fine. And you've got really good, strong plants then at that time of year. The other tip is as they're growing, as they're producing new growth, so when the new growth is about six inches in height, pinch out the centre of the tips, and you'll end up with double the amount of flowers on your dahlias. Um, so start the dahlias off that way. I would start the lilies as well um, indoors and just get, let them get kick-started and then plant them out later on in uh, at the end of April. Okay, great. Now, somebody wondering about the right time of the year to trim ivy on a house porrick. Well, I have ivy on my garage uh, wall and at this time of year the birds are nesting in it and, and it's always a great sign of spring when I see them the, the birds nipping in and out of the, of the ivy. So I will always prune my ivy in after they have the young chicks have fledged. So normally about kind of late May, early June, I cut the ivy back at that time of year and that allows the ivy to produce a lot of new growth before winter so you get so you give it a haircut kind of in middle the middle of the summer with a, a petrol trimmers or an electric trimmers give it a good tight trimming back and the ivy will respond then in, in late summer by producing lots of new growth before winter so my advice is really to to leave the ivy now because birds do nest in it at this time of year and you know you can have up to 20 birds nesting in in the in the ivy um, at this time of year and then prune it in midsummer so trim it back with the hedge trimmers around june sort of period mm. late you know mid-june and uh, that'll give it enough time to put on some new growth okay when, when any of the chicks have fledged and left the nest exactly because mm. ivy's a great it's an evergreen and because of the waxy leaf the rainfall tends to run off it so birds absolutely love it as a um, as a nesting site and um, particularly if you have it grown on the house or the yeah. carriage wall it's always have the birds coming it is know, and it's, it adds to the diversity of, of, of the garden and the general environment it is yeah yeah and they're going to be there for the next kind of three months in and out in and out all day long so it's, it's interesting but uh, yeah midsummer is a good time to prune ivy back and it responds very well to pruning and you rejuvenate the whole ivy as well it makes it look far nicer now builder's lime somebody wondering if it's possible to use builder's lime in a vegetable garden the answer is yes. I mean, the difference between garden lime, so garden lime is generally what we gardeners use. That's calcium carbonate. It's, a, it's just a, a particular form of, of, um, of lime, whereas builder's lime is hydrated lime. So there are, there are two t- different types of, of lime. The, garden, the gardener's lime is safer to use, so it doesn't burn your hands or if it gets in your eye or on your skin, it doesn't do any damage. Mm. Uh, builders will know that hydrated lime or builder's lime, if you get it in your eyes or particularly on your hands, it can be um, quite destructive. So be careful. If you're using builder's lime, it's perfectly fine to use. The plants don't mind, and plants respond to it really well. And if anything, builder's lime has actually more lime content, more calcium content in it than garden lime, so you need to use less of it. But just be careful. Wear 
gloves certainly and if it's a windy day um, just watch your eyes that it doesn't get into your eyes because it is quite damaging um, so it's perfectly fine to use the type of vegetables that love lime are things like cabbage anything in the cabbage family absolutely love lime so all your cabbages and Brussels sprouts and broccoli and all of those love lime and uh, lime is good as well for kind of controlling pests in the garden because of that burning sensation it also burns the pests as well so it's often good to give a shake of lime potatoes dislike it um, and it can affect potatoes and it can cause kind of scab on potatoes so generally keep the liming of, of soil to your brassica plants turnips and um, suedes anything in the brassica family cabbages cauliflowers brussels sprouts kale any of those love absolutely love lime so um great time of year okay. to do it as well but just using builder's lime you can certainly use it but just be careful it can be quite uh, damaging to the skin and particularly on uh, eye, eye irritation where okay. the, uh, the gardener's lime is obviously designed to be yeah. used for garden use. That bit more harsh. Now you just you touched on two um, items there that we have a number of questions in on. First of all potatoes, Parag. Uh, one person wondering about planting them now and somebody else wondering what potatoes are similar to roosters to grow and taste. They grew roosters for the past three years and they feel like a change. Okay, well, first of all, it's a perfect time of year. It has been too wet, really, to plant them. And, and I suppose what we've been saying in the last couple of weeks is for people to sprout them and get them started and get the little buds initiated on them. The weather now is absolutely going to be ideal over the next four to five days to plant your potatoes. And you can plant potatoes right up until the ash comes fully into leaf, as I keep saying. So that's into May. Um, now, I don't think you're going to get this, the... the uh, the seed this year because it's running out really quickly um, but so it's a great time to plant soil conditions as they dry it's perfect weather for planting potatoes so over the next couple of weeks even with the frost at night time it doesn't make any difference whatsoever because your tubers are down at least you know 12 inches 8 to 12 inches into the soil so they're perfectly pre- protect it and there's lots of great varieties and what I normally recommend for people is to grow varieties that you won't get in the shop you know, there's no point growing roosters and kerpinks and golden wonders because you can buy those anyway. But why not grow something different? So for me, there's a beautiful potato called Blue Danube, which is a really good flowery potato. It's a main crop potato. It produces big, big purple-skinned potatoes. Kids absolutely love them. But when they're boiled or steamed, they're absolutely dry, flowery. They're the typically Irish potato that we absolutely love. The sort of spot you need a bit of butter and salt on. Oh, yes. so that's one called Blue Danube. It's a really, really nice variety. Another good one, if you like the kind of red skin of, of rooster, the sapros. So you've got sapra una and sapra mira, M-I-R-A. They're both red-skinned tubers uh, that produce heavy crops of potatoes. They can be left in the soil right to the end of, of the summer. They produce really, I mean, you, you'd hardly eat one of the potatoes of the sapros that okay. they grow that big. And the mira in particular, sapro mira, is, it's a Hungarian variety, but it's spread because it's blight resistant. And it's, uh, so it's great for Irish conditions. And I should say blue danube as well is a blight resistant variety. They're two varieties that you won't have to spray, but produce heavy crops of both purple and red skin potatoes. The other one, which is the daughter of rooster, is one called Satanta, a great Irish potato grown for Irish conditions. And um, that's a really good one as well. And you will not get those to buy as eating potatoes uh, later on in the, in the summer. You'll have the old tradition, you know, the, the, the normal varieties we get. So British Queens, of course, one of my favourite potatoes is a lovely er, um, kind of second early variety. Mm. And a nice one for salads. If you want something for the salad table later on, there's one called Pink Apple Fur, 
which is a, um, a very popular potato, particularly in Britain. And it's a very unusual variety in that it, it grows more like a carrot than a potato. So it's got kind of long, uh, thin tubers, uh, but great salad potato, uh, kind of that waxy flavor. And uh, Valor is also one that's, that has a waxy skin as well. Okay. So a good time to plant potatoes. If you've got them, my advice is get them into the garden, soil over the next week or 10 days, you know, get okay. out there and start uh- digging. Just before we briefly go to the break, Porek, uh, if we could touch on cabbage, cabbages as well, cabbage plants, somebody wondering about getting them at the moment and somebody else looking for a quick maturing cabbage that they can plant now, um, would you have any recommendations? Okay, well, um, we, we have cabbage plants, but unfortunately we're closed so, um, mm. and, and all garden centres will be. So the getting of, 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 of uh, cabbage plants, you won't be able to get that. And plants generally aren't sent through the post because they don't travel very well with the couriers. Um, they tend to turn them upside down, unfortunately. But if you can get some seed, there's a great cabbage called Greyhound. And it's called Greyhound because of its speed of maturity. So if you sow the seed now, it's ready within six weeks. How about that? How fast wow, is that? Okay. There's another excellent variety called um, Duncan. Uh, Duncan cabbage, which is good. Or Hispe. Any of those three varieties, they produce a lovely cone-shaped cabbage ready after from seed sowing and again i would sow the seed indoors under a little bit of cling film in your house get them germinate quite fast they are frost uh, hardy so you can plant the young plants then out of doors after two weeks and then within four to five weeks you've got yourself some young cabbage um, and particularly if people have you know a tunnel a greenhouse or if you have a veggie bag or a veggie pod they're the sort of things to be planting those up now because they'll accelerate the growth as well you have you'll have your vegetables earlier um, but but there so for me if you want three good varieties of cabbage greyhound because of its speed duncan is a really nice variety and it's quite fast as well it's an early variety and hispe is a lovely uh, tasting cabbage as well and they're all available from seed online at this time of the year okay brilliant uh, porik uh, somebody planted mallows last year it looks very healthy or a mallow uh, and right. they'd hate to prune it but probably should um, how much should they take off the shoots and should okay. they cut off new growth at this stage Yes, because Lavateria or mallow is a very, very vigorous plant. And if you don't prune it and put some manners on it, it gets very tall, very leggy, and it tends to fall over and tends to be short-lived. So here's one that definitely needs to be pruned back. I would reduce it by half. So if it's three feet high, bring it back to 18 inches. And then as it regrows, so within about six weeks, as the new shoots start to grow, pinch the tops of the back because you're going to, again, double the number of stems. And if you do that, you're going to have twice or three times the amount of flowers that you had last year. So ma- mallow is one of those garden shrubs that needs to be pruned every spring, and now is the time to do it. Okay, great. Somebody's wondering about uh, varieties of peas for eating. Yeah. Um, would you recommend to grow them directly outdoors? They'd like to sow about three mixed varieties for different flavours. Okay, yeah, good question. So peas are, are totally hardy out of doors, so you can, and they're great, again, for kids because they're very tactile and they're quite large to sow. So, again, this time of year, make a small ridge, just make a, a small drill, so kind of, uh, you know, go down about four or five inches and then sow the peas into that. Um, so varieties, the type of ones that I would grow myself would be things like Ambassador is a lovely variety. It's an early variety, so you'll have it ready kind of the end of June, early July. Um, Oregon, if you want one for the kids, that's one to grow. Oregon, it's uh, one of the sugar, the sugar snap varieties, so you actually cook 
pod and all. Mm. Um, whereas ambassador is one that you, you, you'll actually open the pods and take the peas out. And ambassador is actually a very good one for freezing. Um, so ambassador, Oregon, and the other good one that's mildew resistant is one called Kelvington Wonder. Calvington Wonder, which again is a main crop variety. So any of those three would be ideal, but there's lots of good varieties. Again, the seed would be available online and now is an excellent time to sow it. And when you're sowing peas, it's a good idea not to sow the full packet together. Sow some now and in about a month's time, do a second sowing and you'll have those then later on in autumn, kind of early winter period. Okay. Now somebody grew turnips in the same space of soil or the same piece of soil for five years. Now they were brilliant for the first few years, but last year they were stringy and they had holes in the centre. Are they lacking something or is this a pest? not surprised if you're going to go turnips in the same piece of ground every year you're going to use up um you know the, the essential nutrition and particularly micronutrition so there's a nutri- uh, uh, an element called boron in the soil that affects turnips and you get the stringiness in the center where boron is deficient so what the listener needs to do is a try to pick a new piece of soil and and b put in a, a fertilizer called Vitex Q4, which contains boron. It's a very good vegetable fertilizer. You just simply rake it into the soil when you're sowing the seed of swades and turnips, and that counteracts the boron deficiency in the soil. So if the listener simply does that, um, the turnips will, will come back to being, you know, uh, non-stringy right. and, and, um, and full, no holes. So, <laughs> yeah. And again, this is a really good time of year for sowing the seeds of turnips and swades. Now, planting cherry trees at this time of the year, wondering, can we do that? I'm just admiring the lovely white types that are out at the moment on my daily solo walk. And can I plant other trees now? Yeah, well, it's a, it's a great time for planting trees, but the difficulty you will have is that the, getting. getting getting your hands on a nice flowering cherry now, that will be the problem. So, look, at it's a great time of year for planting. If you do have any plants that you purchased earlier on in the spring, then get them out of their pots and get them into their garden soil. Um, the white cherries, there's a couple of varieties. Uh, the prunus charite is that lovely one. We call it the flat-top cherry because it grows upwards and then it produces this lovely flat head and the flowers tend to hang down underneath it so that's prunus charite beautiful big double white flowers it's an absolute picture when it's when it's in flower remember i brought into studio the little the fujian cherry yes um about two weeks ago that's a real dwarf variety it's in full flower at the moment so if you want a kind of a small cherry for a pot or a container or out in amongst your shrubs that'll only grow a meter in height then that's a beautiful variety. And there's another tall one called Taihaku, Japanese cherry, Prunus Taihaku, which again grows more upright. It's more like the pink cherry, but again, it produces lovely white flowers. Um, so it's a great time for year for planting them, but you, unfortunately, the garden centres will be closed at the moment. Now, hopefully, we'll be open in two or three weeks' yeah. time. Okay. And it's still a good time to plant. To plant. Uh, now, the difference between shallots and sets, do they need different growing conditions uh, if they're planted now? With, when, they would, when would they be ready? No, they're, they're both in exactly the same family. So they're in the, the onion family. Mm. And um, so the basic difference is the set produces the big onion that you use for your steaks and your, uh, you know, the, the, the chopping onion, as it were. So it produces the lovely big onion by, by August, September. So they're the sets and varieties like Stuttgart or Giant is a, is a really good one to look for. And shallots do the opposite. They're, even though the bulb is big when you purchase it, they split into smaller bulbs and we call them the spring onion or you can let them grow on as shallots which are a kind of a smaller onion oh, the nice. shallot tends to be sweeter in flavour it has a lovely f- 
sweet flavour and you can use it in salads early on in the season. You can use the green shoots and the bulb in salads or you can let them mature and harvest them in the autumn um, as shallots and you just get that kind of milder, sweeter flavour from the shallot. So both can be planted at this time of year um, and they both need the same growing conditions. There is actually a white onion called snowball, (laughs) of all things. So (laughs) snowball, which is a set and it produces a lovely big onion but it's pure white so it's something a little bit different and you've got um radar isn't it i think it's radar is the red onion uh so there if you want a red skinned onion that for salads that's a, a very good variety as well so it's a great time of year for sowing both sets and shallots okay great uh now somebody loves sweet peas they're wondering about planting them outdoors or should they start them indoors well, if you're sowing them from seed, the pla- well, I, I was going to say the plants are available, but the plants are in the garden centres, but they're not available. Uh, so, you, yes, you can still sow the seed. I would start the seed indoors uh, because, again, you know, soil conditions are quite cold. They will germinate out, outside, but by sowing them indoors under a little bit of cling film, they'll germinate in two weeks and they'll be ready for planting out of doors two weeks after. Um, sweet pea is frost hardy, so there's no problem planting it out. And we often plant it in the autumn and let it grow over the winter because it comes into flower then in early summer. So you get a kind of a jump start if you, if you plant them in the autumn. But sowing up the seed of sweet pea at this time of year, it's a great thing to do. This is a perfect time of the year to do it. As I say, they'll germinate within two weeks, plant them out two weeks later, and you'll have fabulous scented sweet peas by July of this year. Brilliant. Now moving on to hostas, Porek. Um, my hostas are peeping out through the soil. I just great. love them. Any tips for keeping the slugs off rather than the pellets? The famous slugs. Well, first of all, um, what, the, what the growers actually use, uh, the, the guys that actually grow hostas commercially, they will use a garlic spray. So you get grazers are doing a, a, or do a, a very good garlic spray for all plants, for vegetables, uh, anything that the slugs like. Uh, if, if, the, if it's treated with the um, grazers uh, garlic liquid, they won't go near us. So they hate the taste of garlic. So as your hosta starts to grow and start, the leaves start to unfold, if you spray a little bit of that on it, it's 100% organic, but the slugs dislike it. Having said that, there are organic slug pellets as well. So just look for the organic symbol on the packet of slug pellets. There's a very one, good one called Eraza. It comes in a purple container. It's 100% organic. The pellet looks like the old traditional slug pellet, but it's, it's organic in nature. There's no pesticide in it, and it's very safe to use where children or birds or wildlife, if you're concerned about those. Um, so look for the arrays of pellets. You'll find those very effective. Yes. But also think about the uh, grazer organic treatment as well. That works, works really well. Okay, somebody used, uh, is wondering about hydrangeas as a low hedge. Uh, they're in Belmullet. Okay, so it depends what height they want the hedge to grow to, but if you want a really, really low hedge, there's a hydrangea called Bobo, B-O-B-O. It only grows 18 inches. It produces fabulous big flowers. I mean, the flowers are at least six inches long, and um, it's, a, it's a lovely variety. It's a real dwarf variety. Now, you know, that's up to a... It only grows literally 18 inches to two feet sort of thing in height. Um, if you want something taller, there's a very good white flowering hydrangea called phantom i think you and i talked yes, about it yeah. last year it's one of the paniculata family which you you can you prune t- quite tightly at this time of year and it grows back up to about three or four feet in the summer and again the flowers are huge on phantom it's a really really nice variety um, vanilla freeze is one that has both pink and white flowers in the same flower mm-hmm. and in balmullet 
or apple. You could grow any of the, the um, mop head varieties as well. Just plant them close together and they'll form a nice kind of informal hedge for you. Um, so any of those varieties, it really depends on the height of hedge that the listener wants. And presuming if it's an inbal mullet, they're going to need something that's probably four or five feet high. Yeah. So I would use the mop head hydrangeas or the phantom, uh, hydrangea phantom, and it'll grow to four or five feet no problem whatsoever. Okay, uh, just back uh, to somebody had, I think this from last week, uh, the potatoes and ridges. So when the potatoes start growing, a thick growth of chickweed comes up on the sides of the furrow and smothers the stalk. Um, any suggestions on how we tackle that? Well, the, I mean, look, the, 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 the way to do it is to, is to hold that chickweed out. I mean, if you want... If you want to, to use a, a, a weed killer control, a kind of a traditional weed killer, you can use the Weed Free 360 before the hollum, before the green shoot of the potato comes through. So if you plant, plant the potatoes and, and, and mold them up and have the ridge done, the chickweed tends to germinate very, very early. Now, you can either hoe it out or you can use the Weed Free 360 before the shoots of the potato come through the soil. And chickweed tends to be, it's there already, it's beginning to germinate. I see it in, in bits of the garden at the moment, so it's already germinating in the soil as we speak. Um, and it can be very problematic in vegetable garden. So it's a matter of getting the garden hoe on or else um, using a, a, a treatment. The other thing you can do, if you can get your, your hands in some seaweed, so mm-hmm. once you've got the ridges, the potatoes planted and the ridges finished and molded up, you could put a layer of seaweed on the top of the ridge um, and that will smother the light from the chickweed and suppress it, and the seaweed will turn back into a very good fertilizer for the potatoes as well. Um, so, and, and chickweed tends to be a problem in the early stages. Once the potato starts to grow and the, it starts to fill out, it tends to, you know, control the chickweed, as it were. So chickweed is a weed that needs to be controlled early in the spring during March and April sort of period. And if you keep on top of it, then the potatoes are well able to compete with it. Right, and once they get, once they get above it, then I suppose they're the dominant yeah. one. Um, yeah. Some Anne is in Galway. She's wondering if she can buy flower seeds and the little plugs for pots online from the garden centres at the moment. Well, certainly seeds are available. So both flower and vegetable seeds and all the bulbs we talked about this morning, they're available on Horkins.ie. We don't do the little vegetable plugs um, because they just don't transplant very, or tra- transport, I should say, very well. You can imagine the couriers, when they've boxed in the back of the van, they're turning them all upside down and whatever. So plants tend not to travel very well. Um, but, but certainly the seed is all available at the moment, so there's no problem. Do remember there's about a three to four day um, delivery period just because of the business of the online at the moment. Okay. Uh, just a couple more before we finish up. I'm afraid time is ticking on. Um, I have a Wigilia shrub, which had yep. very few flowers last year, was a mass uh, the previous year. Uh, would I prune it now? No. So Wigilia is a plant that flowers in kind of late spring, early summer. So it's coming into flower in April, May sort of period. So it flowers on the previous season's growth. So it flowers on the growth it made last summer. So look at my advice is leave it alone, allow it to bloom, and it should bloom very well this year, and then prune it. So once the flowers start to go off the Wigilia around the end of June, that's the time to cut it back. Give it a good feed. The growth it makes for the rest of the summer, it will flower on this time next year or, or, or the spring of next year. Okay. So Wigilias are pruned immediately after flowering. If you cut it now, you're cutting away all the flowering wood. So leave alone, allow it to flower, prune it after flowering, 
give it a feed of rose feed or osmo and it'll be perfectly fine every year okay brilliant and we're going to leave on this one porik um and i suppose it's a bit of an emergency situation um some livestock broke into a lawn um okay. and it left a lot of holes now so trying to figure out what's the what's the best approach to, to rectifying the problem yeah, and, and it's compounded as well with the very wet weather that we've had. So I, I can imagine the damage that the cattle have done. Generally, the treatment is you would, with the pock marks that are there, get a garden fork and try to raise those back up again. Give the lawn a rolling. So get yourself a good heavy roller. You can hire them in, in, in well, in, try and get one anyway that you can fill with water and roll that over the actual area. And any pock marks that are left, you can fill with a mixture of lawn seed and compost. So mix it up in your barrow and just go around and fill up the pock marks. So fork it, fork the kind of, bring up the, the pock marks again, give it a good rolling, and then any areas that are left marked, fill them up with compost and lawn seed, and that will fill, fill in and germinate again within a couple of weeks. Okay, we're going to have to leave it there for this morning, Porik, but just to reiterate, garden centres are closed. Garden centres, Hawkins Ford Garden Centres are certainly closed. That's that's the government's decree. Uh, but online is available. So if you go on to hawkins.ie, um, but do bear with us because deliveries will be kind of next Thursday or Friday, which is the business of the centres at the moment. So we are closed for, for at least a fortnight. Um, unfortunately okay, and well, the weather is improving and the weather is improving well look we'll get lots of the prep work done at the very least Porik, exactly enjoy your garden yes exactly and enjoy the week Porik uh, we'll talk to you again next Saturday all going well alright Deirdre thanks a million all right, bye for now all. take care of yourself bye. and uh, to all at Porkins we say a good morning to them now uh, do stand by because a very special programme coming your way in relation to all of the activity uh, since half past eight last night uh, Tommy Marin in studio after 11 this morning uh, with all of the latest updates on these new restrictions that have been announced how they will impact you uh, what they mean for us locally and particularly uh, within the region itself um, so Pork, or, uh, uh, I beg pardon, Tommy in studio uh, with us after 11 on that. Um, so I think probably questions will be coming in in relation to that and all will be addressed in due course. That is my lot for this morning. Um, I uh, will be handing over to the newsroom fairly shortly. All going well, we'll be back with you again next Saturday. Um, so it's been a very eventful week and I'm sure another one on the cards. But anyway, we'll keep going and we'll get through it. For the moment for me, good morning to you.